So I'm standing here, just finishing up a rip, this roadside rip, you know, the ten thousandths of the trip, and ties to my left, he's dripping as well, when all of a sudden I hear a, 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 a howl, a hoot, and I look over to my left as I have completed my rip, Ty is mid-rip, his bike behind him is falling over. Kickstand failure. Kickstand, major kickstand failure, yet he continues to both rip and save his bike. What was going through your head? Uh, I just kept kept my cool, kept my composure. I knew that I didn't want my bike to fall or to cut my rip off because um, it's really uncomfortable when that happens. And so I just looked at uh, what I had in front of me, assessed the situation, and um, you know did what I had to do. I had a lot of training. And I'm looking at him right now. He's got a pair of dry shorts. I mean, just normal dribble on shoes, which shoe yeah, dribble. that's you can't prevent that. And his bike is standing. It's not broken. No. Or covered. In no, face. not in a while. Um, I, uh, I mean, I think I think it's safe to say that that was rip of the trip. I, I'm honored of the thousands and thousands of rips we've had. To be named uh, Rip of the Trip, this means a lot to me. <laughs> hey, want to shake your hand? <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> You are listening the Spoken Tour. Bienvenidos, están escuchando the Spoken Tour. Bienvenue, vous êtes en train d'écouter the Spoken Tour. Su Mahamuskai Kichik, Uyarishin Kichik, the Spoken Tour. All right, welcome to the program, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday. What's the date? Uh, it is. Uh, April 20th, dog? Or freaking 20? April 20th. Here we are in Patagonia, the cannabis culture epicenter (laughs) of the world, we've heard. It's been called the Colorado of Chile. (laughs) No, no, not really. But um, we did think it would be a little bit funny for us to... Inappropriate. uh, Inappropriate. Because it's a a widely celebrated event. Mm Mm-hmm. So we figured it'd be appropriate for us to share our favorite cannabis-related story from the trip, and um, it was from way back when. We never talked about it on the air, but we're going to bring it to you guys now. It comes from the highlands of Guatemala. Yeah, some of our first, oh, I think what, maybe our first or second day in Guatemala when yeah. when we realized that we were in far, far over our heads with how severe the climbing was going to be there. I, yeah. Still, for me, still the gnarliest grades that we've encountered uh, of any roads thus far. Yeah, given how how relatively green we were at the time with like serious mountains, serious mountain navigation, that was a wake-up call yeah. for sure. And uh, we came to this beautiful little pullout, and we're taking some much-needed rest while we were realizing just how insane these Guatemalan highlands were. Yeah, it was, it was like our day had pretty much just started with 
you know, a, probably a five yeah. mile climb. Right out of the gates. And 100% humidity. You know, we're going two and a half miles an hour, just absolute slugs. And uh, we pull off at the mirror door. We're soaking it in, catching our breath. Another car um, pulls up. Don't think anything of it at first because it's an absolutely gorgeous spot. Who wouldn't want to check it out? And um, then we realized that the guys in the car are being a little bit sketchy. They're like rolling down their windows, kind of giving us a, a once over, twice over. Like they're looking at us. We're kind of looking at them because they're looking at yeah. us. Like what's going on? Like, oh shit! New. Oh, we just got into Guatemala. We're yeah, in a new country. Yeah, like, like the new country. Are they like kind you of know hesitancy? Are they gonna you know give us some give us some grief or something? Yeah. And then they step out of the car, and uh, they stand in a very tight circle, and puffs of smoke start uh, coming up from the, the little huddle that they're in, and we realize they're smoking a joint. Stoners. Yeah. Nothing uh, nothing that we haven't come across before, and we thought, okay, these guys are just you know looking for a dope-ass spot to smoke a dope-ass joint. Yeah. Smoke some dope-ass dope. <laughs> and uh, so then I forget, I think... Um, one of them, we were about to leave, right? Yeah, I think we were, like, I think we're like, bikes, I like, about to get back us, on the road. I think I was taking pictures, and like I look over and just kind of like give them like a smile. And at this point, they're all very high. Yeah. And um, one of the guys walks over, and he's like, "Fumas? Do you, you know? Do you smoke?" I was like, "Oh yeah." And uh, passes joint to me, take a few puffs, pass it to Ty, a few puffs, and you know, by no means were we like violently high. It's just a nice little high buzz yeah. and you know we give them thank we, we thank them walk over to the car um there, there's three of them and two of the guys were like hey what are your names you know i'm i'm tomas yeah. i'm ty pleasantly and, conversational yeah. and two two of the three guys you know were like oh yeah you know i'm, I'm jorge <laughs> i'm i'm uh, pablo and then the last guy what did he say he was he was so high he could not he, he he said his friend's name. He looked like he was nauseous. He, he I think he said I you know me amo Pablo and then Pablo was like dude that's my name that is not your name like, <laughs> yeah and so clearly just out of this world unable to speak and so at this point we have a nice we you know, we we say our goodbye we get on our bikes we're we had made it to the top of this climb we're feeling great and we have you know a few miles of kind of coasty swervy downhill and. And then the same car uh, pulls up beside us again. Yeah. And our first reaction wasn't really like, oh, yeah. it's our buddy. It was, kind it was, of, it was more it was like, like, oh, oh shit. shit. Like, it's the guys that damn. were just smoking weed down there. Yeah, they like slowly rolled up on us. And like, we're like, oh. This doesn't feel good no. off the bat. Let's like yeah. let's see what these guys are going to fucking say. <laughs> Sorry for the language. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and they roll down the window and present to us a... A very generously rolled uh, joint of Guatemalan marijuana. And uh, I think my favorite part was when they passed it to us. We're like, no way. And uh, they said, is it por, por, el camino. Yeah. por el camino. Por el camino. For, for the road. For the road. So that was, you know, just to celebrate with those of you out there who are partaking um, in this cannabis-centered holiday. Uh... We just wanted to share that with you, because it was funny. Um, but <laughs> anyway, back to the more um, relevant parts of the trip. Um, we are in the town of La Junta, in the Aysen region of Patagonia, of the country of Chile. We made it to 
you know, like the crown jewel that we have been envisioning this whole time. Granted, our crown jewel is a gigantic region. Yeah. And we still have a ways to go. <laughs> Many, that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. But there was a definite sense of, like, accomplishment and relief um, our first night camping in the Patagonian region, which was up in the Lakes District, staring at this amazing volcano. And uh, and I think there's been, like, undertones of that that same sense of relief and accomplishment pretty much every day we've been riding, every place we've been camping. There's this uh, this vibe that, like, hey, like, we're we're in the thick of it now. Like, we've worked for so many days, so many months um, to get to this place that we've been dreaming of, and we're here now. Yeah, it's, like Ty was saying, it almost was, you know, after almost a year of pedaling, it felt like getting to kind of the northernmost reaches of Patagonia, it felt like a new trip was starting, like a a whole, I don't know, it was just like a new breath um, brought brought into the riding, and it feels so rad. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's just like, for, I feel like earlier on in the trip when we realized, like, shit, we didn't really time the seasons right, we might not make it, you know, say la vie, whatever, and just kind of got, you know, not necessarily, like, pessimistic about making it down here, but like, hey, you know, if we don't make it, we don't make it, and now that we're here, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that we even thought for a second, like, eh, maybe we won't make it down there. Maybe let's right. not do everything we possibly can to make it down yeah. there. And it's just so, so, so rad. I mean, it's just, it's like a new, it's a different world. Volcanoes, glaciers, rivers, the, just the type of plants that we're seeing. It's just, I mean, everything, 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 everything and is... It's, it's so... The, the feeling is so much more barren than even um, those places, like in the U.S. for... For example, like, you know, Montana comes to mind as a similar landscape as what we're seeing down here. And and the vibe down here is so much more open and, like, barren even than the big sky state as comparison. Um, it's like, we, you know, we see less than 10 cars a day on the road every day that we're riding. And, um, yeah, that feeling that we've got this wonderland almost all to ourselves makes it all the more special. Yeah, and uh, it's just nice being back in Chile as well. Uh, we last uh, talked to y'all from Mendoza, Argentina, and that was one of our one of our longer stays in uh, in one city, and I would say probably one of our least. Uh, physically responsible like most debaucherous yeah yeah debaucherous yeah is a perfect way to put it i think we arrived and we had like two days of kind of having the house to ourselves before our host got there and you know that first day we like celebrated getting there i think we went out to dinner um we were drinking craft beers and and that's pretty normal for us but then usually we start to get our act together and knock off those things on our to-do list and get ready to start writing it drink water drink water um, but then our host uh, returned from the trip he was on, and we find out that this guy is just a fun-loving, hard-drinking, hard-cussing, uh, <laughs> super crazy dude. And in, the, in, like, the best way in possible. In the best way possible. One of our favorite hosts, without a doubt. Not like an old, angry drunk. No. Like a, just like a, a fun-loving dude. Yeah. 
and um, and so we kind of got on his wavelength, which was fun as hell, but not the best <laughs> when you're trying to uh, push like, your body like, to, the, yeah, to the far ends yeah, of, of the planet. The physical limits, hauling these 100-pound bikes up the Andes mountain range, which we literally had to do yeah. the day that we left his front door. And, man, it was... Yeah. Uh, Mendoza sits on the eastern side of the Andes mountain range, and our target was Santiago, Chile, on the western side of the Andes. So we literally had to ride our bikes up to the top of the Andes and then down the other side. And I think we probably just... Maybe it was just, like, arrogance with an air of cockiness of, like, oh, okay, yeah, what, what, that coming off... Yeah, we, we come off some rest days. We have one big pass we got to get over? Like, and I, I don't think that was unfounded. It's like, we had ridden a lot of mountains before that. Yeah, oh, totally, totally. But it's like, we, we had not crossed this massive chain of mountains no before. no and you know we were starting we were starting at like i don't know just shy of 2000 feet and we had almost 200 miles of climbing to like 11000 feet yeah and then what really kicked us in the nards was the road was horrible the the, the conditions yes. on the road were horrible the road itself was shit and traffic was horrible and then we had one of the most morale crushing piss you off type headwinds that we've ever had yeah. that we that we've had in the entire trip yeah can't even listen to yourself think no yeah headwinds. and we've had we've had headwinds that were probably stronger mm-hmm. but lasted for you know maybe half a day right if this that like three and days. yeah this was three four days of yeah non-stop just at one point oh. we were we were chasing daylight to camp and um we had this was like the the first day that we had encountered this wind and um it was getting dark we had just spent the previous hour pedaling and we had gone like 2.5 miles in an hour um and our camp was like another 2 or 3 miles away and it's getting dark. Like Tom said, this road is absolutely horrible. <laughs> the trucks are, you know, literally blowing us off the road. And we do not want to be on this road at night. Um, and that was, like, incredibly stressful. Not fun. But uh, we made it to camp that night by the skin of our teeth. We made it up and over the pass yeah. by the by the power of our legs. <laughs> and uh, we made it down the other side, back into Chile. Yeah. And It was, um, it was pretty nice. Like, the first... The first, within the first hours we were in Chile, we stopped and got some Chilean empanadas. Oh. And there's a... It's like a welcome home. There's a, there's a definitive difference between Argentinian empanadas and Chilean empanadas. Mm -hmm. Because we, before this trip, we only knew Chilean empanadas. So when we first arrived in Argentina and ordered empanadas... What are these? You know, we were hungry as a a pack of wolves pulling up to this empanada joint and we order one or two... Which we thought was sufficient yeah. in Argentina, and they are like the size of, they're like I would compare like it, three inches. I would compare it to a Chicago native never tasting pizza outside of Chicago, and then you know going to Italy or something, ordering a pizza and expecting a Chicago deep dish and getting a thin crust, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. foo fooey Italian yeah. type pizza. Yeah, because the Chilean empanadas outweigh the Argentinians. You know. Oh yeah, you five you times have you. I mean, we've called it a full meal with with one maybe two Chilean empanadas. Whereas I I can easily recall times <laughs> in Argentina where we went out to dinner just to get empanadas, 
and we we put in an order for like this was after knowing that they were small. Putting in an order for like twelve, yeah, and then doubling down. Yeah, that and was like a snack. Walking away with having eaten like <laughs> close to twenty five empanadas, <laughs> and if I mean you would die, I think if you tried to eat twenty five Chilean empanadas in one sitting. No, that that would uh, I think that would outdo the Fourth of July uh, hamburger eating yeah. contest. I will I will say though, one. One thing that I do love about Argentinian empanadas is they're small, but they are really packed with unique flavors. Like you can get, they have, they have a wide, wide, wide array yeah. of flavors and it's not like you order an empanada, half of it's filled with air. It's like that right. thing is packed. Yeah. That's Whereas true. Chilean empanadas every once in a while you order, you know, uh, a meat and cheese one mm-hmm. and it's like. Half of the empanada, empanada is just air, but or just grease or just grease, yeah. yeah. Um, that's so yeah, but I I would say I I do lean more into the the team Chilean empanadas. That makes two of us. On that note, um, another highlight to arriving in Chile was just by chance we happened to. Um, cross paths with a, a fellow D teammate of ours, young Sir Nicholas Ward and his buddy Walter. And um, we've had similar experiences like that in San Diego and Mexico City and Cusco, where we're just reminded of how incredibly good it feels to be surrounded by friends. Um, partly because it's a chance for Tom and I to share stories and be around other people besides just ourselves. And partly because it's just being around friends. You yeah. Know? It's like, what else can you say? <laughs> yeah. That was, that was fun. We pulled up to um, a pretty rad campsite, and uh, the two of them had been... Oh, and <laughs> this, this campsite, selected by Nick, is... Uh, granted, we did not take the easiest road to get there, but it's like up this muddy switchback gravel road... And the whole time we're grinding up this thing, um, I think I'm just fatigued and exhausted. I'm thinking, God damn it, Nick. Like, <laughs> you, I mean, you had to pick this spot up on this, you know, faraway lake in this rainy... Anyway. Yeah. We get there. It was it was a super cool spot. Um, but it was clear pretty much within the first couple hours we arrived that there was a squall uh, on the verge of just exploding. And so we set up the tents. And sure enough, once we start making dinner... A uh, huge storm rolls in, and so we spend the rest of the night uh, all crammed into one tent. The four <laughs> yeah. of us in a two-person tent, um, telling stories. We Ty and I both had flasks full of whiskey, and we had Drained a bunch it. of beers. Oh man, it was just like the, the, the like on the verge of laughing till you pee many many times. Uh, I think actually one of my favorite stories that we told that I had not thought about was. <laughs> We talked about, we had talked about, someone had thought that we were uh, a gay couple again, yeah. um, which we've, we've gotten quite a bit. People yeah. think that Ty and, and I are, are lovers. Um, and we told the story about when we were in Bishop, California. Lone we, Pine. Lone Pine. Yeah. We stopped outside this grocery store and we pretty much are always joking that we'll just pull up to a spot and a car full of beautiful women will come out and ask to camp with us and just like, you know, we'll impress them. And I can't, I can't remember if it was you or I who was inside, uh, of this grocery store. And 
uh, as the I, let's just say I was in the grocery store and Ty's sitting outside. This group, this our dream comes the dream true. Comes true. And this car full of beautiful women pulls up. They get out. They see the bikes. They start talking to talking to Ty. And I'm <laughs> I'm in there. I'm in, we're in our bike shorts, in our neon shirts. I still have my helmet on. And I was in there. Surprising Ty <laughs> with two drumstick ice cream cones. <laughs> and so I come walking out like kind of kind of waltzing. I'm the verge of maybe skipping. And I got these in each hand I got these two ice cream cones <laughs> and I'm getting ready to hand one to Ty and I turn the corner and see this uh. this this group of five just drop dead gorgeous mountain babes and there I am. About to hey, hand honey, you, yeah, here's your cream, babe. <laughs> Hope you're ready for a gooey caramel core, babe. Oh, uh, yeah, that was that was one of that was a good moment. Yeah, that, hard, that hard, was, to, hard to cover that up and still save your coolness. Yeah, that was all coolness out the window. That was a good uh, story. Yeah. So yeah, uh, <laughs> there's our, our bit of uh, friendship advice. If you need to catch up with some buds, go plan a camping trip uh, in some far off yeah. spot on a rainy night, and mm. you'll spend hours yeah. in the tent, and you'll just love it. Oh yeah, and then another thing. Um, so Nick and Walter were in Patagonia on a fishing trip, a fly fishing trip, and I uh, have been trying to. I've been itching. I've been trying to find a fly rod while we're down here, and. Um, Walter had brought two rods with him and he told me that he'd sell me one for a hundred bucks. I'm like, wow, hundred bucks, real rods and flies, great deal. Nice rod. And so, you know, we make the exchange. I pick up some more flies in the next town we go through. I'm getting, I'm just getting amped because we're, you know, we're getting into Patagonia, some of the best fly fishing in the world. We're seeing all of these beautiful crystal clear rivers. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, you know, I have the I have the rod strapped to the back of my bike, and we had to take a few ferries to get uh, the northern part of Patagonia. There's a few ferries you have to take, and we get off of the the final ferry, and we have our eyes set on this awesome campsite right in this river. We had plenty of time to kill, and as we're rolling into camp, I then realized that I had <laughs> left my fly rod on the ferry and it was floating oh. away into the fjords of the of the Pacific, the Patagonian Pacific oh. and uh gone forever. I'm I'm again I'm laughing about it again now, reliving it, not because it's a funny uh story at all, because it sucks. <laughs> um but the way Tom realized that he lost his rod was, uh, I think he had a song stuck in his head and he was humming along, uh, tapping his toes to the song and then he like reaches his hand back to where he keeps the, uh, the fly rod just to arrange his things and he realizes it's gone. And then to this melody in his head, he starts singing, I left my rod on the boat. <laughs> Oh, and I just lost it because it was like such a, I mean, it's like it's on this boat leaving harbor. There's absolutely no way on God's green earth that we're going to get this rod back. And he was just singing, singing along yeah. to it. So that was funny in a, uh, in a very, very sad, dark, yeah. dark kind of way. What are you going to do, you know? And uh, <laughs> since that ferry, we've been cranking out some miles. Oh, before that ferry, we had literally our lives saved. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was that. Oh man! Oh, we literally. Yeah, it's a, uh, probably 
I, mean, we wouldn't, I don't know if we, we would have died. We wouldn't have perished. But Probably it would, it would have been, been sheer misery. Hypothermic. Yeah. We got to our campsite, which was uh, on the just outside of the town of Orna Piren, on the side of a river. And we pull up and we unload everything as, as fast as we can. Because, yeah, it's, it, we have like 10 minutes before the sun goes down. And it was the only free campsite in town that we had heard of at this info center. And we had to get up early the next morning to catch the ferry, so we thought we'll just, you know, we'll just make camp super quick, we'll cook dinner, and we'll get to bed and give ourselves, you know, we'll get prepped for I think I think I think the plan was make camp, make dinner as fast as we can, and then I think we were referring to the tent as just the, co- the cozy zone. Get in the cozy zone <laughs> and get ready for 10 to 11 yeah, hours. The ground, the ground when, we, when we were pitching our tent at this site, the ground was it, was, it was on grass, but it was like the type of grass where every step you take, you can see water <laughs> surrounding your foot. It's a bog. And so we know, we know that it's going to be just a frigid, frigid, frigid night. Um, and so, yeah, we're just doing everything we can just to mentally and physically prepare for a freezing cold night on the side of this river. And we've got the tent erected. We've got all of our sleeping gear installed in the tent. Pads blown up and folded out. Sleeping bags rolled. We've even got our bikes uh, like stripped down, locked together, and fully tarped, ready yeah, for the night. Yeah, which is like always our last That's step. That's the last the thing. The last thing before being able to get in the tent is putting the tarp on the bikes. And then we're just kind of standing there collecting ourselves, getting ready to make dinner. And this car pulls up. Lady gets out and approaches us and asks, are you guys seriously putting up your tent here and we were thinking oh crap you know it's like private land we're about to get kicked off yeah. or whatever we we're kind of like oh, yes yeah duh. We're, yeah we're it, camping it, here it is. we were told it was free it wasn't a problem she's like well yeah sure it's free and you can do it <laughs> but you know this is a tidal river yeah, and she, you're she going was, to get flooded she's she like the the area that uh, the area that you're in we us locals call it the the end of the world because uh, <laughs> this whole appears every night yeah, underwater. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, our jaws little, just drop. Little did we know that this river was draining into this this the the ocean. This, yeah. this thing called the ocean, <laughs> the, the which which also does this weird thing of it oscillates. The tide oscillates, and we were there at low tide, mm-hmm. having no clue it was low tide, and. Um, it all then made sense why the ground was so wet because at high tide, which rolls around um, between midnight and two in the morning uh, where we were, uh, this entire area is inundated, flooded completely with water, with cold, 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 cold glacial water. So it dawns on us that we've now got to pack everything up that we've just (laughs) hustled, you know, the last 30 minutes, hustled to get it unpacked. So long, Cozy Zone. (laughs) Goodbye, Cozy Zone. Hello, uh, tedious, you know, half hours work. Find another another campsite. Back into the cold-ass night to find another spot. That we're probably going to have to pay for. And uh, this woman, Daniela, offers, you know, I was like, do you guys have another place to stay? We say no. This was the only spot we'd heard of. And she says, well, I'm, I'm out with friends right now, and we're about to leave, but you can go to my house. Uh, or you can stay at my house tonight. You know, I'll, I'll be back there later on. And we are just so, so floored by this offer. Like, oh my god. Like, not yeah. only has she, you know, saved, saved us from a, a hypothermic flood, but she's offered a roof over our heads. Like, we are just so incredibly uh, grateful to this woman. And then... Um, 
we get escorted to her house by her friend who's driving like an IndyCar 500 <laughs> uh, Grand Prix racer to the house. Tom and I are literally like Just full, full yeah, sprint behind. standing on the pedals, sprinting through this town while we follow this guy to the house. And we show up, and uh, she's still not there, but her boyfriend, uh, seemingly completely unaware of what's going on, is like, you guys are staying here <laughs> at, at my house. We're like, yeah, Daniela. We told him the story, and he's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, you put your stuff here. You got this room for you, and uh, you gonna have a hot shower. Oh yeah, that was oh man, just piece by piece, everything fell together um, to be exactly what we needed at exactly that time. Yeah, and then uh, we had a great night hanging out. They took us out to um, this this river crossing where we had one of the best stargazing views of the whole trip, and um, we were just talking about like life in Patagonia and getting these guys, you know, insider info on on their lifestyle and and um, the town that they live in. And then in the morning, after getting a beautiful night's rest in yeah. a warm house oh, yeah. with a roof over our heads, in the morning, our host Hector, who, again, didn't offer up his house. He was just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. At this point, we still have not seen Daniela. Yeah, the, she never came home. The woman, the woman <laughs> who told us that we could stay at her house. She never comes We've home. We've just been hanging with the boyfriend. <laughs> We've just been hanging with the boyfriend. And we wake up, and Hector asks us, hey, do you guys like pizza? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Excuse me? Excuse me, Hector? Pizza? Yeah. We freaking love it. And he says, all right, I'll prepare us a pizza. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, hey, a frozen pizza for breakfast? I'm down. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I'm not too good for that. And he pulls out this tower of Tupperware from the fridge, and he starts pulling dough and spreading sauce and, you know, laying flour down on the counter. And I, it dawns on me, this gentleman, this holy, holy man is baking <laughs> us a homemade pizza for breakfast. After getting his house raided by these two stinky American cyclists. Yeah. It was uh, the most miraculous turn of events, oh, for with, sure. Without, uh, yeah, without a doubt. That was one, yeah, it was like the moment from when Daniela told us that the spot we were camped in was going to be underwater in a few hours. Like, it was just like total demoralization, but at the same time, like... We found the humor in it, and like we were like right away, we were like hugging Daniela, yeah. thanking her, like oh my gosh, like I we cannot you know can't even begin to tell you how, how grateful we are that you, that you actually came down and told us because yeah. we saw, we saw a handful of other people that clearly saw us with our tent <laughs> that did not say <laughs> it did not say shit, <laughs> and uh, oh. so like you know it was it was just just right from the get go amazing amazing vibe and um, pretty much just a pattern of Patagonian hospitality and kindness that that has been out of this world already. Yeah. Um, whoa. Okay, this was not intentional, but I think that is the perfect segue into Kindness of Strangers. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, here we go. Um, first off the bat, on our climb up to up the Andes at a town called Puente de Inca, we owe a big thank you to the guy at the Info Center who showed us to a lovely abandoned hangar, which was protected from the wind, which we slept in. And our very first night in Chile, um, thank you to the Bomberos, the firemen in the town of Los Andes, for giving us a place to stay and recommending a killer sandwich shop. And in Santiago, our host, Grime, and her boyfriend, uh, Rodrigo, and her mother, 
Um, all of them were incredibly generous, incredibly hospitable, um, showed us a great time around the city, let us crash at their place, and gave us great, great, great info about uh, all of the Carterra Austral. And even put up with us crashing for an unexpected final night. So thank you to everybody there. And uh, to Jorge and Janelle um, in Santiago, uh, thank you so much for letting us stash some stuff at your pad uh, while we are riding this final stretch. And also, thank you to Maddie Danielson, who, without knowing, she made she helped make the connection. Let's see if I can Ferris Bueller this one. At Maddie Danielson's going away party in Minnesota... My mom met Jorge, who was about to move to Santiago. My mom told Jorge we were biking to Chile. Jorge followed us on Instagram and said, whenever we're coming through Santiago, to let him know. And we did that. And we connected. So thank you, Maddie. I say that's more of a Jeff Goldblum than a, than a uh, Ferris Bueller, but... Continuing, um, Jake, also in Santiago, thank you for reaching out, thank you for getting a hold of us, and thank you for meeting us for beers and just for great company. We had a great time. And to uh, Dr. Ubike, thank you so much for giving our steeds one final mega tune-up in Santiago before we hit the Cartera Austral. Much appreciated. Um, thank you to everybody who, per... Per Tommy's asking, uh, wrote me letters uh, for my birthday. Um, hearing all of the, reliving all of the memories and feeling that kind of heartfelt emotion and connection with everybody that I've been missing um, for so, so long, it really meant the world to me. Uh, I can't say thank you enough, but I will say it again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And to the random uh, lady and dude at Lago Poinque, uh, who were a little buzzed when we showed up to our campus, camping spot. Thank you for the beers and for just one of the kind of classic um, responses to us telling someone that we rode our bikes there of sheer and utter disbelief and us having to really explain in detail, yes, we did in fact ride our bikes here. This is how we got here. Here are the bikes. You can look <laughs> at them. So, yeah. And then uh, the following night, we kind of had a, a random camp out with this dude named Juan after arriving uh, in town a lot later than expected. And we pitched our tent in his front yard. We hung out with his annoying-ass dog all night. <laughs> and I had possibly the – definitely the longest and possibly the most emotionally charged hug that I've exchanged with anybody since saying goodbye to my own mother in April – of 2017 um juan visited our tent a handful of times throughout the night as we were getting ready to make camp and uh, quite drunk and continued to be drinking wine throughout all of these trips to the tent and finally he just he really pulled me in and held held me tight um at that final goodbye and and tom apparently didn't want to receive yeah. his hug oh yeah i kind juan. of I, I i believe juan had forgotten that i was there at this point maybe and i just i just tried to remain as silent as i could so i got a second <laughs> one for good old tom there that was that was just great thank you Juan. <laughs> yeah. yeah no problem 
Um, and then big shout out to uh, Nick and Walter um, for giving us some beer, for letting us use four of your eggs, uh, for letting us use your stove, and just laughing and having a good freaking time with us uh, when we camp together. And then to the owners, operators, and amazingly nice couple at uh, Mama Hostel in Puerto Varas, Patricia and Pablo. Thank you guys so much um, for all the info you gave us. They had just recently driven the Carretera Austral, like weeks recently, um, before we arrived at the front door of their hostel. And they pretty much just ran us through the entire lowdown um, of all the miles that we have ahead of us, and it was a huge help. Thank you, guys. And again to Daniela and Hector from Orno Piren, thank you for saving us from a hypothermic night and giving us a spot to, uh, a, a spot to sleep, a warm shower, pizza for breakfast, um, and also thanks to Juan and Esteban um, for tagging along and um, driving us to their house. And then to the random guy on the ferry boat who was willing to transport our bikes... Um, from one ferry to the next while we had to ride in a separate vehicle. Um, thank you very much. Otherwise, we without you, we wouldn't have our bikes. Um, a big shout-out to Nicolas in Chaiten for letting us camp in his backyard. Uh, for anyone listening who was on the Wildland Studies program, yes, this is the same Nicolas who sang us the Tabano No, 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 Dolphin Yes, Yes, Yes song. Uh, in last the same time, backyard. In the same backyard, yeah. A lot of, a lot of fun, uh, fun memories there. And then um, a another expat who's relocated uh, here to Patagonia, Jimmy Langman, um, is the editor in chief of Patagon Journal, and we reached out to him uh, a week or so ago. And not only did he respond, but he responded with a golden list of amazing contacts um, of people doing incredible things down here with land conservation and resource management in Patagonia. And um, we hope to take full advantage or as full advantage of we can as uh, those, those contacts that you sent for us. So thank you very much, Jimmy. And a random encounter in a bike shop in Santiago, um, Alex from Vermont, uh, thank you for just giving us a reaffirmed stoke. Uh, we met this guy, Alex, who had just... Totally broken his collarbone in an enduro race in Santiago, and his travel plans were cut short by months. And was catching the next flight home to Santiago uh, to to Vermont to get surgery on his collarbone. And he just uh, was so stoked about life, so stoked about our trip. Gave us a lot of good advice and just a general, uh, just a, a, a killer killer vibe. Yeah. That that it was it was it, it, it totally spilled over to us. So thanks, Alex. And then to our favorite dogs of the trip. This is this is an award not to be taken lightly because we've met a lot of dogs on this trip. But uh, the two we met in the tiny little Contao, tiny little town of Contao, um, you two dogs, if you're listening, you were our favorite. Yeah. So thank you very much. Yeah, this was we we usually avoid feeding dogs or getting attached to them, but we actually bought dog food for these dogs and fed them before leaving because they were the best ever. They deserved it. Um, and to the two separate cars of people who let me hitchhike with them to the town of El Amarillo and back after Ty and I ran out of food, uh, from being stuck in the rain for a few days, uh, much appreciated for the rides. 
and to the guy, the owner of the cafe in Apple Orchard on our way to Ensenada, even though the cafe was closed and what we really wanted, what we thought we wanted at the time was coffee, um, you gave us full access to the apple tree and that turned out to be just as nice. So thank you. And then finally that brings us to here, again in the town of La Junta, staying with uh, Juan, a uh, host that we connected with through uh, couch surfing. And he has been just, it's like, uh, it's like living with a roommate in this cozy little cabin in the woods. <laughs> uh, we've been hanging out, having family dinners every night. He's been giving us the deets on uh, all the happenings in town, um, telling us about his story of how he moved out here to Patagonia from Santiago. And it's just kind of like a, a kindred spirit. Yeah, without a doubt. Juan. Juan. Huh? Quieres uh, venir y decir una, una introducción a la audiencia del Spoken Tour? No, gracias. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, poquito, poquito, poquito. Solo, solo, solo para nuestras madres, que estamos, <laughs> estamos uh, saludables y estamos... Porque eres un doctor. Juan, Juan is a doctor and... Uh, we're, you know, we're trying to have him give us a clean bill of health to tell our mothers that we are, in fact, safe and healthy. Necesitamos la palabra de un doctor para nuestros madres. Hola a todos, soy Juan, estoy con Tyler y Tom. Son una, una pareja de amigos muy... Muy simpático, muy chistoso, muy buena onda, buena vibra. Eh, están saludables también, no han tenido, no sé, tan... ¿Cómo puedes decirlo? Qué bien. Eh, están bien, están bien, están saludables. Oh, muy bien. Eh, sí, son muy simpáticos. Eh, cocinan bien, comen bien. Gracias. Sí. Sí, debo decirlo. ¿Qué más? ¿Cómo se ha sentido usted acá? Oh, um, acabamos uh, decidiendo que acá con usted nosotros sentimos que estamos en un casa con amigos y uh, nos, nos siente como un, un completamente normal compañero de cuarto. Yeah. Y yeah. Sí. Tenemos, estamos en la misma, la misma onda. Yeah. La, un, un, yeah, sí, sí, muy sí, tienen muy, muy buena onda, muy buena onda. Eh, ¿Qué más decir de ellos? Pucha, no sé, son simpáticos estos cabros, son simpáticos. Al principio creía que estaban locos, debo decirlo, debo decirlo, debo decirlo. porque miren, yo lo encontré y me acuerdo que vi unas bicicletas con una bolsa así y dije no, y me, no creía este viaje, al principio debo decir que no, yo dije me están, me están tomando el pelo, it's a joke, it's a big joke, yo dije no, desde Denver, Denver hasta la Patagonia, no, 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 no. Y, y al parecer es cierto, es cierto, han recorrido todo esto y están en la Patagonia, y bien, pues, tienen mucha historia, son muy simpáticos estos cabros, ¿qué más decir? Buenos para tomar vino. Y no, bien, pues, bien, saludos a sus madres. Sí, todo es bien acá en la casa de Juan. Yeah. And, sí. uh, and he's going to give us a ride tomorrow to the town of Coyhaique. And uh, Tom and I are going to pedal off from there. 
and we're going to do so with our hearts very full, very thankful for the time that we've spent here with Juan. Muchas gracias. And that just about wraps it up. Yeah. Oh, uh, Spokes? Oh, yes. Spoke Nations. Um, too many family family members to list uh, for my birthday. Um, you guys were incredibly helpful. We had some kind of unexpected um, bills being racked up in Santiago, both for celebrating and for necessary purchases. Unexpected um, St. Patrick's Day whiskey <laughs> that needed to be consumed. Yeah, trip expenses really got off the rails there. Uh, so thank you to all my family that made Spoke Nations. Um, and also, um, was it Betts or Nana? It was Nana. Nana. Um, I don't think it was for my birthday specifically. My Nana. Yeah, this was Tommy's Nana, um, but I believe some of your Spoke Nation was used in one way of celebration or another. So I'm saying thank you, Nana. Um, as am I. I love you, Nana. And yeah. Pop-Up. Um, another kind of crazy thing is you and I both have scheduled flights. We purchased tickets for oh, flights. Oh, yeah. Home, which yeah. is kind of a... I was wondering if we were going to bring that up. Yeah, it's kind of a super heavy... Yeah, they, uh, the return, the, the departure from South America is officially on the books for both of us. Yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. We'll go yeah. into the future plans as yeah, they yeah, get yeah. a little bit closer, yeah. but, we got, uh, they're we, out there. Yeah, we got, I, I got a sister having a baby in the end of, uh, end of June that I'm getting back for. Ty's got a brother that's getting married. So, you know, it's good, all, all good reasons to... Absolutely. Yeah, to get back, but, but until we got work then, to do. yeah, we got we got plenty of miles, and we are feeling uh, the Patagonian fall in full force. Uh, yeah. The trees are changing. The, the 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 level, the altitude at which the color of the trees mm-hmm. uh, is at is getting low. Literally every day, lower and yeah. lower. Because at this point, it's like watching a, a basin drain out of yeah. water or like you know, the yeah. life source, and we just wonder what's going to yeah. happen when that yeah. when that it's, color level reaches us. It, it's fun because at this point, we're pretty much riding more or less directly south. Whereas before, it's like you go kind of east, you go kind of west, you go a little south, and now it is literally just straight south. And so. You feel the cold that's blowing up from <laughs> the South Pole, Antarctica, yeah. and uh, yeah, things are going to get a little spicy, I think. Or maybe the opposite of spicy, cold and frozen. I think that's more accurate. Yeah. But either way, we're looking to we're looking forward to it um, in a sort of sadistic, masochistic yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be rad. final struggle. It's going to be so unbelievably rad. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, we, got, we, got, we got some work to do. We do. We do. We'll let you know how it goes. Until then, happy holidays. Hasta la vista. One, two, three, four. Pedaling on to the end of the world. Making friends around every curve. Telling stories, peddling on. Mm-hmm. Oh, now. Peddling on 
to the end of the world, making friends around every curve, telling stories, peddling on.